With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. When a guy took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What up is my? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah! This podcast is all over social media. So follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, Noel. Happy New Year to you and yours. <laughs> you as well. Yule tides, whatever the hell they say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Started yeah. the year off strong so far, huh? Not too shabby. Yeah. I mean, I guess if that's what you want to call strong, but you know. <laughs> I did. Everyone, just a update. Got the mm. TV. New Year's Eve it came. It was perfect timing. Great weekend. I heard it had a big crack in it. You all right with that? Um, yeah. As long as it just blocks Alex Smith's leg, I'm fine. <laughs> well, that contraption, it does a pretty good job itself, but. Speaking of contraptions, hold okay. real quick. So I was just reading, you know. What I do. Oh, you read things? Yeah, Washington football stuff, reading up. So there was this story. I had no idea. I don't know if you know about it, Matt. But Mm. apparently, Alex Smith's wife. Big fan of Alex Smith's wife, by the way. Big fan. Worth her weight in gold. (laughs) Um, She turned Alex Smith's metal leg brace into the Lombardi trophy. I did see that, actually. Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't know where you're going with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so she took the brace. She took it to like some professional metallurgy guy or whatever the hell she did. Metallurgy? (laughs) I don't know. What do they call him? A metalworking guy? I don't know. Did the man have an anvil or something? A welder, a blacksmith, (laughs) wherever the hell she took it. And um, they hammered out a Lombardi trophy for this dude. So now that's what he has. It's the only Lombardi trophy he'll ever have. Well, he's getting a lot of charity these days. So, you know, it's, hey, I'm going to try to be positive. Yeah. But I just thought that was a, uh, that was a funny story. They took a negative and made it into a positive, Matt. Yeah, that was lovely. Thank you, Noel, for that. Appreciate that. Yeah, go check it out. The guy did a pretty good job, I would he say. Did. It looked pretty he cool. You got a lot to work with with that contraption. <laughs> did, so, man. <laughs> well... Let's uh, start talking about yeah, it. Yeah, why know? not? They did it. They did Playoffs? it. Playoffs? 
<laughs> I might add that soundbite in there. Against all odds, over the offseason, during the season, this team has been through some shit, some serious turmoil of any team I think we've ever seen. Starting with Gruden and, and Brucifer getting fired to start things off and then hired a new coach. That new coach got cancer. Uh, the name change, the Washington Post articles. You still have the, Satan as your owner. Yeah. <laughs> looking down. Speaking of him, the insane ongoing battle between Snyder and the uh, minority owners. I mean, that's still happening. Yeah. All the shit that goes with that. Hey, go back and listen to those episodes, by the way. If you're new to the show. Go back to, what are some of them? Uh, the article. Uh, uh, Danster Fire. You got uh, Dan Skins. Dan, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hail the Dan Skins. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's some heated arguments between oh, yeah. Noel and yeah. I on that one. Uh, we didn't speak for a while after a couple of those, but <laughs> for your enjoyment. Hey, their first round quarterback, who will remain nameless, but getting released and turning to a total fuck up, starting the season two and seven. Let's not forget that, guys, you know. That's unbelievable. You know, that's the biggest one. You start the season two and seven. First time, and I did not know this, but it's not surprising because the division was such in disarray. Yeah, it was in such bad shape this year that two and seven, it's the first time in the Super Bowl era that a team has made it from two and seven to make the playoffs. Really? Yeah. With all my research, I didn't with come up with With all your that. research, that's two articles, <laughs> my friend. That's two. Well, technically, I did know about the Super Bowl oh, contraption you, okay, thing. I just right. didn't know you were what just, you were You were worried about. I was going someplace dark. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm much more organized than you. <laughs> I, I let you know things ahead of time. No, but uh, let's not forget, starting three different quarterbacks, playing four at least, right? And, you know, a worldwide pandemic to top it all off. It's been quite a year yeah, man. for this team. And um, to cap off a truly, truly insane season, after fending off, and I'm not going to say win, but we'll say fending off the Eagles, their practice squad, really, on Sunday, 20-14. to 14. I think they had two homeless guys playing safe. <laughs> Maybe worse than the practice squad. They did have some guys out there, but, you know, it was... They had one one guy that was sleeping by the Rocky Balboa trophy. <laughs> or, excuse me, statue. <laughs> yeah. And they picked him up. They said, hey, man, you look like well, a Philly guy. You like sports. You, you look like... Yeah. <laughs> Real or fake, you like them. Yeah. <laughs> but your Washington football team has won the NFC East and are going to the playoffs for the first time in five fucking years and also let's not forget the sixth time since 1992 if you can wrap your head around that one jesus but hey we're here we're gonna do it they gotta play a game hey man we were talking after the game matt and we said this is probably the least exciting division title that we've experienced yeah for sure or playoff appearance that we've experienced but you know they're in the dance and i told ryan the same thing he was the same way because the end of that game The way they put Nate Sudfeld in and kind of took the luster out of it, it played a part in it. This team, and we've been hard on them, they fought their ass off, especially that defense. Not in just in this game. They have been fighting their ass off primarily for the second half of the season. They've been the one that's won the games for them. Yes, the offense has done some things that they needed to do. And I will give credit to you, Matt. Hmm. I did listen back. Look at all the research I'm doing. You listen back to what? An old episode? Opti- optimism and delusion? Yeah. Or delusional? Whatever the hell it was called. You listen to that episode? Man. I listened to that Could episode. Did you even understand it? It was like right, such right. bad quality. Yeah, it sounded like we were in a the Lincoln Tunnel when we were doing it. <laughs> but 
You picked seven and nine. Did I? You picked seven and nine. Let's go. And here's the thing. And I'll give mm. you some more. See, I know he's my little brother, and I know I'm hard on him sometimes, but I notice things. I just don't say them all the time. Learn from your father. I don't pat backs a lot. So No shit. <laughs> Go ahead, but though. Let's hear more let's about hear- my greatness. <laughs> um, you picked them to beat the Eagles in the final game, and you mm-hmm. said that the Eagles hopefully will not be playing a lot of their starters and that could give Washington a chance to go seven and nine and with the additional team making the playoffs they might be able to sneak in now you weren't totally on because you were thinking of that the Eagles were going to be good sure and also that they were going to be sneaking into a wild card because nobody in their wildest dreams thought any team would win the division at seven and nine but you were 80 percent there I'd say 80 percent there that was so long ago I yeah. uh I was actually thinking back I was like did I say five wins in that I couldn't I'd- I'll say I said five and eleven I went Man. five and eleven on hey let's continue talking about how right I've been <laughs> I'm done. Uh, hey, that's well, it. Well, that's it. I, see, it's a new year. Maybe this is my resolution, <laughs> and I don't even know it. Well, I'll um, continue with tooting my horn here. All I right, did say, ahead. what was my score? I said it was going to be 17 to 14, that they would win this game. They weren't going to play a lot of their starters, the Eagles. This game ended up being 20 to 14. They didn't play a lot of their starters. No one saw the Sudfeld thing coming, I guess. But apparently the Eagles team didn't see the Sudfeld thing coming. Did you see that freaking offensive line? Did you see Kelsey on the sideline? He looked like he wanted to cry in his hands. Well, Collinsworth did say that he talked to Peterson and that they were planning on doing that. He said if the game was close, you would have to think about it. Yes. Well, he thought about it. He thought about it. Not that hard. (laughs) Yeah, so I wanted to talk about this whole Eagles tanking gate, I guess. Should we call it that? Eagles gate? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck them. No, no, look. Thank you, Eagles. Thank you. People are losing their minds over this, especially Giants fans. Win your games, assholes. Right. How about you were, that? You were Win your fucking 10. games. Joel, as we've talked about a few times um, over the over the years, or over the years, over podcasts here, and Joel was giving me so much shit today. And I was like, you realize that we went for two in the first game. We were tanking. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That team at that time. Matt, don't get sucked in. Oh, uh, no, I didn't. I don't didn't. get I, sucked in with the not real election and all this crap. <laughs> Nobody gets sucked into this crap. Look. The Giants should have won games. And regardless, yes, did the Eagles go out and put Sudfeld in or go for it on fourth down when they probably shouldn't have it? So on and so forth. Yes. But the Giants were 6-10. and 10. And you know what? Joel's a freaking 40-year-old man in a millennial body because only millennials think that things should be given to them. Yes. Agreed. But I guess he's saying that the Eagles gave it to Washington. Hey, we'll ask Alex Smith's wife to make him a fucking trophy. How about that? (laughs) Well, I don't believe this, that they tanked. I really don't. Look, Washington played like dog shit and they should have run this team out of the building, the guys that they had playing. But to me, it looked like the Eagles were using it, playing it like a preseason game. You know, they didn't have to win this game for anybody. And I don't think they were trying to lose, but they weren't going out of their way to win it either. I don't think there was a direction from ownership from the Eagles to say, you got to lose this game. I think that Peterson had a conversation with Sudfeld before. The guy's been on the team for four years, never really got an opportunity. It was maybe like a Rudy situation. It's like, put me in, coach. Like, you know, I heard a great, sorry to interrupt you, but I heard a great quote from Lorenzo Alexander that said, look, NFL ain't senior night. (laughs) 
<laughs> he was absolutely right about that. I mean, from our standpoint, great. It worked out perfectly. I still believe Washington could have won the football game. Agreed, yeah. Okay, and you know what the negative part of this whole thing is? I really don't give a shit what Peterson... I hate his guts anyway. Fuck Such him and fuck the asshole. Eagles. Pompous prick. They took away our good time. They took away our division title, and that's all people are talking with. They took away my son's opportunity the first time when he's been watching football, and they tarnished it. That's the issue that I have with it. Fuck the Giants. Fuck the Eagles. They tarnished a victory from us. And from me being a damn fan and waiting five years on this shit, them busting their ass going five and two in the last seven games – Nobody's talking about that shit making a run. Nobody's talking about this being the second-ranked passing defense. Nobody's talking about Chase Young. Well, they talk about Chase Young. But (laughs) beyond that, all we're talking about is this freaking, like you said, that even we are. And it's disgusting. Washington won a damn division title. They're going to be playing the Bucs on Saturday. And the Eagles are going to be sitting at fucking home. Exactly. Just like the Giants. And so will the Giants. Screw you both. You and both suck. I will never shed a tear for the Giants after what Absolutely they did to us a couple not. years ago. Screw them. you. And you went 6-10, and ten, okay? The best part about that, it, you know, it's poetic justice in a way because the Giants played all their starters. The game, uh, what was it, three years ago, whatever it was, in that big game, and Kirk choked as he tends Speaking to do. Speaking of Joel. Speaking of Joel, yes. And the reason teams rest their starters is so they can prepare for a game that they are going to play next week, a meaningful game. And the Giants had no reason... They couldn't move up. They couldn't move down. They couldn't do anything. They just decided to be assholes. And what happened? They got the shit kicked out of them the next week. Right. And it couldn't have happened to a better franchise. The Maras and all those fuckers. Eat a dick. Hope you guys have fun at home. We'll enjoy our one week. (laughs) Yeah, we'll enjoy the extra week. Hey, you never know. But in order to dance, you got to be there, right? So they got in. The one advantage that I wish that they could have is they do have the home game. Even how fans are somewhat fair weather with Washington and they don't show up to games, that place would have been fucking rocking on Saturday. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Unfortunately, no fans. And you know what? I'm okay with that, but I've said this before. Did you see that Browns game? Yeah, it looked like a regular stadium. It was every other seat was empty. There was zero social distancing happening there. Zero. Now, NFL, you're a governing body, man. That is not right. Mm -mm. Cleveland-Pittsburgh game. Cleveland playing to get in, so they pack the house in order to get that advantage. You're not going to give somebody a 10-meter advantage in the 100-meter dash. All these other teams. San Francisco has been playing in a different stadium for a month. I know. A month. And now, what happens? Browns have to play Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, and there'll be crickets in that place. It's bullshit. It's absurd. It's all or nothing. And that's a horrible thing that Goodell did to allow fans to some and not allow to others. It's not these states and teams' fault that there's laws in place that they can't have fans. Anyway, I'm going on a rant. I'm going on a tangent about that, but it's bullshit. Hey, our federal government isn't even a governing body over this, so it's, it is left up True. to the states. So if, if you don't have leadership there, why the fuck are you going to have leadership from the NFL? But I mean, other leagues are doing it. You're not going to see a single person in NBA arenas. Right. But how nice would it be to have FedEx Field just booming? Can we get like 5,000 fans? Something? After all the shit that's happened and everything else, to just see seven 70,000 fans or whatever the hell their attendance can be now because of all those 
mats that they've <laughs> pretended to make attendance. But whatever it is at this point, how awesome would it be? Yeah. But, you know, hey, we're in the dance. See what happens. We will see. But um, honestly, I don't want to get too far into the game because it was... Yeah. Ugh, what can you say about it? But I, I, was, I guess we'll start with the negatives. It's almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score, but you don't have to wait until February to start winning. With Boxes, you can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play, and you can win big. Washington football fans who download the app from the App Store or go to Boxes.com, that's B-O-X-I-Z.com, and use our code BROS20 to get free bonus boxes where you can win cash and prizes. We'll have new games every week and incredible prizes in the playoffs. And for the big game, that will include tickets to next year when fans can finally return in 2021. So go to Boxes.com for more info or download the app now. B-O-X-I-Z. Use the code BROS20 when you sign up and when you enter our contest. It's free for you and your friends to get in and win. Boxes. It's anyone's game. If you'd like. And um, <laughs> there was sure. a few. Do you want me to go? Or do you want to go? Um, I can go. It's one of those things where the offense was deplorable, inadequate. They started off positives and negatives. I don't know. They had an opening drive that scored. <laughs> there you go. Yay. Well, that's, we that's got a it. positive. That is a positive. So I'm sorry I went positive right. there. But after that, holy shit, man. I think Alex Smith did everything in the power that he had in that leg in order to lose this game for Washington. The interceptions, just two horrible picks. The fumble was his fault. He pulled out too early from the center in critical moments. The guy had nothing. It was to the point that even I almost felt bad for him. (laughs) You have that capability? No. That's why I said almost. No empathy for the man? No, no. It was just a bad look, man. They have to do something quickly if they plan on because the Bucs will eat him alive. Yeah, Alex Smith is my number one on this. I mean, he had a couple good drives. Let's not forget, they put up 17 points in the first half, which is more combined in the last two games without him around. So that's something to be somewhat proud of. Yes, they were playing the Eagles JV team. The guy can't move, though. It's kind of scary to watch. He started out the game okay. Great drive to start. He hasn't looked spry by any stretch. But I think the biggest problem with him is, though, he's used to playing as a mobile quarterback. He's not Brady back there and has just been used to his entire life never being able to move. And the thing that's maddening is that he rolls out so much. It's almost like he forgets that he doesn't have the ability to move anymore. You know, his initial thought is when things start to go bad, like when his first read or second read aren't there, he does that little rollout thing. But the guy can't move. And I feel really bad for him. I mean, he literally tripped over his own two feet. The leg is completely immobile. It is. It reminds me of it's even worse than when I know I'm dating myself, Mm -hmm. but when Dan Marino blew out his Achilles and he was wearing that big ass boot in the twilight years. Mm -hmm. But I mean, this guy had a gun. I mean, he could do it from a wheelchair. He could gun the ball 40 yards. This guy had a limp dick when he was spry and young. So the fact he can't push off of it, he's looking scared, Matt. He looks terrified. He looks terrified. And there's pressure coming at him. I'm like, and I was screaming at the TV, how are you getting sacked when all you're doing is throwing five-yard dumps? I understand the offensive line did not play stellar in that game either. They were getting pressure up the middle. Sheriff was getting eviscerated. That was my next one. Okay. He was getting crushed. 
they couldn't block for the run. They couldn't do shit. I think Sheriff was but hurt. I think so. They showed him on the sideline. He was talking about his leg or something to the. Yeah, they went up to him quite a few times and to have dialogue with him. I think he was playing injured. You're correct about that, but still, he was getting pushed into Alex a few times. Yes. That being said, dude, all you're doing is passing the ball to McKissick. I know. All you're doing is dumping balls. But all. teams know that's There's what they're going to do, though. So they're, but still, then get rid of it. Well, he did, and then he you know, threw an interception. Yeah, that, that's for sure. McKissick would have gotten annihilated on that. Just a horrible throw, and the fact that he intercepted it was incredible. It just appeared in his yeah, chest. But if that guy was two seconds later, McKissick's spine would have been through his throat. <laughs> Instead, the guy tried to make a play on the ball. Yeah. Instead of going through his spine, Alex Smith was going to get him killed. But he just looks scared. If there's yeah. uh, just an inkling of pressure up the middle, it's a wrap. He doesn't yeah. know what to do. And yeah. it's sad. No, it's sad that they're playing him. That's what's sad. Well, what the hell are you supposed to do? It's sad that I'm watching an entire game and Collinsworth and Michaels are not speaking a single word about the ineptitude of the quarterback position because they would do it if it was anybody else but Alex. And they were talking about him the entire game, and that's fine. It's a feel-good. I get it. They hadn't even seen him the entire year. This is the first time he's been nationally showcased since the Thanksgiving game. And, and they wanted to get it in. They wanted to get it in. That was the peak of his time with the team. I mean, this year. It, right. You know, if he looked like that, the way he looked during that two or three game span where he was actually looked like a NFL quarterback, I'd be very confident about this game or somewhat confident. Not very, but I don't know. I don't know where else to turn. Are you going to turn to Heineke? Sure. I mean, what Absolutely. else can you do? Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. I don't see an issue. Hey, he played nine minutes of football and he looked good. I'm not saying he's the cat's meow over here, but when you have a guy that looks like he could get killed at any moment, they are winning games in spite of him. Not only did he cheat death, this guy cheats losses. (laughs) It's incredible. I've never seen anything like it, how a team, they keep going to his record. Every time they show him six and one, six and one starts, six and one is a starter here, you know, this and that dude. I've never seen a guy that does absolutely nothing and wins just fall in his lap and everybody just gives him the accolades for it. I'm not hating. He's not just not playing good football. And you could use that argument if he was actually protecting the ball. He's got, what, eight interceptions to like six touchdowns or something. So it's not even like he's doing a great job protecting the ball either. But I do think that, again, we've talked about this before. I think that he does things at the line of scrimmage pre-snap to put them in a good position. They don't need to score a lot of points with this defense, though. And it's like he can't get through a full game. You know, he started off pretty strong. He literally started off strong with the first drive. Then they did nothing. He put together that great drive, thanks to Steven Sims, amazingly caught the punt return, got an extra 15, 20 yards, whatever. And that was a good drive. And he actually struck it into Logan Thomas. Great catch, great throw. But it's like, I don't know. He's so erratic. It's got to be because of the leg. To me, there's no other reason for it. But hey, if they're going to go with him, he has to play better. I think he knows that he has to play better. And in the press conference after the game, he uh, Rivera was asked, were you thinking about pulling Alex? And he said, yeah, at moments I was, but I stuck with it. I just don't think anybody knows what he can and cannot do. I don't think he knows that himself. And that's the concerning part of it. And in the meantime, 
Washington's in the playoffs now. <laughs> right. This is where they wanted to be. They dumped their first rounder. They did this. They benched their first rounder because they thought there was a light still at the end of the tunnel. So what was the purpose of getting here if now you're going to have a, a lame duck in there that can't do anything? But I will say he put two critical drives together. The opening drive to get to the positive of Alex, and then we can move on. That opening drive... And then that drive before the half. Those are huge. Huge drives, man. And he he showed life. He moved them down the field and accolades to that because, hey, without that opening drive and putting that together and, and converting all those third downs that they did, we'd be sitting here bitching about and watching Joel kicking and screaming <laughs> about the Giants being in. He admitted to me he's watched three games this year, by the way. Yeah, okay. Big yeah, game. so couple other negatives. I mentioned it before. Steven Sims Jr. I don't know how the fuck this guy is still back there. He literally lost the game last week. He muffed another punt. Amazingly, he's scary, man. He recovered it. But how is it possible? I'd rather have nobody back there and just try to block the fucking thing at this point. I'm being serious. <laughs> it's a 50-50 split. Yeah. He avoids returning balls. He doesn't know what to do. I mean, Brian Mitchell goes psychotic because, you know, if there's anything that guy knows is how to return a damn punt. I mean, he may have done it in, you know, slow motion, but at least he knew the proper technique of returning a punt, when to return it. If you're inside the 10, don't catch the fucking, hope it goes in the end zone. He's causing field position issues all over the board. Hey, that's not his fault. Again, it goes back to just like we talked about with Alex Smith. Are you going to put guys in that are going to help this team be successful? There's other players on this football team, and I'm sure Steve Sims is a great guy. Alex Smith is a great guy. But are we trying to make buddy-buddy here? Are we constructing trophies out of fucking metal legs? Or are we trying to win football games? Yeah. What are we doing? And at this point, maybe they just feel like it's too late in the party to change Sims out. But that was another. They lose that. Like, dude, they're doing everything they possibly everything. can to lose this football game. I genuinely believe at one point in time, Peterson was like, he looks over at Rivera across the sideline. He's like, dude. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what else do you need me to do? Yeah. Besides what I'm doing. Do you? <laughs> I mean, do you want me to call in a fucking bomb scare to the damn stadium at this point? What the hell do you want me to do? Uh, and um, I was concerned about the O-line. Antonio Gibson ended up with 75 yards, looked fine. But that was really late in the game when the Eagles genuinely gave up. But he averaged under four yards a carry and was way less prior to those few good runs at the end. The Eagles, without Fletcher Cox and, and Derek Barnett, they had no excuse for anybody to be in the backfield, but it was yeah. consistently getting blown up every time he ran the ball. Yeah. And when they passed the ball, they were getting rushed quite a bit. Right up the gut. Right man. up the right gut. in the middle. Exactly where Alex can't handle it. So yeah. I was not impressed with the O-line at all. And that's surprising because they have played much better, especially since Alex came back into the lineup. They have protected him pretty – they've been very serviceable. They've allowed Alex to stay upright for the most part without him making some bonehead play. And I'm really surprised by that. As far as them run blocking, it's been a work in progress all year. Sometimes they have flurries of it. Other times they don't. Yeah, that interior part of the line – Especially Rulier getting that extension. Yeah, Shit. I know. Oh, he's he's fat and happy now. He's good. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, he's like, damn, I've arrived. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely, you're right, a concern. And that's going to be a concern against the Bucks because their line is no joke. And finally, my, my last negative is Chris Collinsworth. He sucks. I used to like him, but he's fucking terrible. Really? I don't even notice it. Now, my problem with it is that 
he was basically a mouthpiece for the league yesterday. I Again, going conspiracy theories here. The game that they were talking about was either Alex Smith's leg or the Giants. Giants fans and pissed off Giants players and this bullshit. It was like watching Fox News. You know, so idiot Giants fans would get fucking enraged about it. I don't know if that's all they could talk about because the game sucked. But I feel like Chris Collinsworth is going out of his way to make it clear that Washington did not deserve to be in the playoffs. He went above and beyond. And in turn, you start to piss people off, right? And he got people fired up about this, and people were going crazy over it. And they still are. He sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't really. I was so so vested in the game at that point, and I was probably screaming louder than the announcers were at times of frustration that I didn't even really notice it. The only parts that I really noticed was the incessant talk about Alex. And yes, the joking about, Oh, imagine being a Giants player right now. How many like times the did they say it? They were showing the tweets and shit. I mean, that's the oh, broadcast in general. God. But yeah. Collinsworth yeah. was really going above and beyond that he, a place he didn't need to go. Talk about the goddamn game that's on the field. You know one of the great quotes, though, of the game was, I don't even know if you noticed it, when Al Michaels says, when Sudfeld had the ball with 43 seconds left, he says, oh, yeah. I'm going to have to dust off a quote that I haven't said in 40 years. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I liked it. I don't know if anybody noticed what the hell he was talking about, but I liked it. Miracle, if you don't know. You had to do it. If you don't know it, then fucking Google it. Well, there you go. All right, so let's go to some positives. There were a few. Hey, they scored on their first drive. We mentioned that. So yeah. really good play calling for the first Absolutely. time all year. Steven Sims, you've been calling for it, our arch nemesis at this point, but he even got a jet sweep, went for 18 yards. So they mixed some things up. I, you know, we've been waiting for something like that all year, and it was it was really good. And then they just it didn't seem like they got back to any of that the rest of the game. So usually they start out complete dog shit, and it looks like uh, Norv Jr.'s never called a game before, but he actually came in with a pretty good game plan and didn't do jack shit the rest of the game. But there you go. So that was the first one. Terry McLaurin. We haven't talked about him yet. This guy came back from a high ankle sprain. Usually takes, what, a minimum of like three weeks to come back from. He played on it. Gutsy ass performance. He had 40 yards and a touchdown. That first touchdown of the year on the first drive. I hope he didn't overdo it so he can actually play well next week. He obviously wasn't 100%, but he put his ass out there and did everything he could to help the team. Yeah, he's the consummate professional, man. If I were him, I mean, I'd be frustrated at times with consistently running routes and not getting looked at. And when the ball's caught, thrown to him, guaranteed make the play. Imagine just sitting there and running routes over and over again and just not seeing the ball, not even to your side or just watching McKissick with these dump offs. And then boom, your, your number's called and he makes it every time. And he was blocking out there still on this high ankle sprain. He does it all, man. I'm so happy to have him on the team as just a character guy. Just great attitude. It's just awesome to have him. I love it. Hopefully he's not pissed off that Haskins is gone. His old roomie, but we'll see. I think he's fine. But, you know, another guy in the receiving court, really the only one other one that did anything. Well, Cam Sims caught a couple balls, Mm -hmm. as usual, but... The receivers are tough to get involved, but Logan Thomas, man. Yeah. What else can you say about the dude? This is one that I got completely 100% wrong, and I've said it before. Oh, we were both 100% I love this wrong. guy. He is my favorite guy right now as far as just every game getting better. You can put him on there as a snub for the Pro Bowl Absolutely. if you wanted to put him on the list. His numbers are better. I forget who, who went over him, but he's uh, his numbers are what actually better. Ingram or Ingram, something? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think, yeah. No, he's a fucking revelation. Yeah. Hey, props to the front office for figuring that one out because no one saw that coming. 
No one no. even wanted this guy. And they signed him for two years, which is even right. better. I mean, the power, you watch him block, making plays, strong hands. It's just such a huge aspect of the offense. And they do have weapons offensively. Incredibly, they, they do. They do. They do. Even Steve Sims mm. is a weapon offensively. I know. Hear he, me he out. He is. He is. He's a weapon offensively. I don't think they utilize him enough. I don't think they utilize him in the correct fashions. But they have weapons. They have speed. And they have a serviceable offensive line to do some things. And if they can get their head out of their ass... This offense can be productive. They just have to find some kind of stride. Whatever they did in that first drive and the last drive of the first half, there was tempo there. There was creativity. There was spacing on the field. And they just need to find that lightning in a bottle in those particular drives and make it work. I'm not saying it's going to happen every time. But, you know, you have to find those opportunities when you get turnovers at the Eagles 30 to put the fucking foot on the throat. And not settle for a field goal. Things of that nature. Your offense is not that good right now, especially with Alex in there, that you can't take these opportunities on short fields. But going to the positive still, the defense. Curl. I was going to say. The D-backs. Yeah. The defensive line gets all the accolades. This pass defense, again, I said it before, ranks second in the fucking league. It's not just because of that front four. We thought that early on, but they've actually proven to be significantly better. They have evolved into such a cohesive unit where they stranglehold these quarterbacks. It's not like Hertz was lighting it up. He ran two balls in. Let's not make it out to be like, and that's what pisses me off too. Mm -hmm. He wasn't killing them out there. He was being suffocated. He was. Okay, he was running the ball. They couldn't get him down, things like that. But when he tried to put the ball downfield, he made a couple completions. This defense, coverage-wise, and with this zone defense, suffocates quarterbacks into low-percentage passes. And it's amazing to see. And they have become... Curl getting in there is a revelation. Another one that most of us got wrong. Who wouldn't? He was a seventh-rounder. You know, Apke was the guy or whoever it was. Everett went down and we're like, oh, shit. He's been a revelation. Collins goes down. I mean, actually... Amazing. How is that an upgrade over a guy who's getting paid like $15 million a year? It is. A, it is. It abs- How are you going to... Because he's better in coverage. He's good at the line. Just like He's just as good at the, at the line as Collins is, but he can go back into coverage. He does everything. He does everything. What a fucking steal. And they've Seriously. got a lot of guys like that on this team. And, and it's the style of defense that Rivera and Del Rio play. They cover deficiencies of their D-backs in, in that manner. The coverage that they use, they use a lot of zone. They know the deficiencies of their guys. But it's so important for these D-backs to, like I said, be a cohesive unit and know their roles and be in the right spots. And they have been. They haven't given up big plays. Knock on wood. No. For quite a bit of time. They haven't given up anything bonehead. Still suspect on the run game. Yeah. Yes, but we're talking about the D-backs right now. They have played themselves right into the playoffs just as much as anybody else on this team. You could say that's the reason Josh Norman got paid by us was because exactly it's proven that he's not a man cornerback and they played him wrong and you know there's a lot of guys on this team that probably would be in the same situation as Josh Norman was if they were put on another team and expected to play man-to-man coverage but yeah they're able to with this defensive line play a lot of zone and make guys look better I guess than they really are but they're playing their role the way they should and you know a guy like Collins it was early on and everything, but maybe he's just not a fit. Put him in his linebacker next year. There you go. <laughs> Tell him that, tw- you know, 30 pounds. Problem is he couldn't cover a tight end either. Well, yeah. But uh, 
What can you say? Another one, Chase Young. I said it in the preview show that I didn't feel like Chase would allow this team to lose. And it's kind of how I felt about how he played. I mean, he had two tackles, one for a loss, a sack, three quarterback hits. I mean, he was running like a fucking maniac out there. That one was at the RPO or the zone read or whatever when he faked oh. out the zone read and then just exploded on. <laughs> I mean, who the hell does that? He's just unbelievable. And sw- great season. Yeah. The same situation happened to him and he just got torch yeah. on it. They tried it a little bit after that. Yeah. Another guy that had a great game. But yeah, you're right, Matt. This game solidified his defensive rookie of the year award. Yeah. Probably had it before this. But this put the stamp on it because it's the it's the showcase game. It's the final game of the season. It's the last game the guy people remember, and um, this sealed it, sealed it. When he's on the on the sidelines, just looks like a fucking caged animal. Just looking at him, he is a captain. We were talking about last time that I was surprised that Alex Smith didn't get it and everything, but he's in on everything. You know, he cares about what the offense is doing. He cares about what the special teams is doing. His leadership qualities are unbelievable, and he proves it on the field. He's always keeping everybody awake. Yeah. Whether it's on the field or whether it's off the field, stay engaged. And that's what he does. And I said it before, that's what LT did when he went to the Giants. They were in the same situation. That defense defense was in disarray. They had talent on it, but couldn't put it together, just like this defense did. They had talent before Chase Young got there. And what LT did, he took him to another level on an emotional level and on a physical level. That's what I compare him to. They were comparing him to Ray Lewis. I compare him to his influence as far as a physical beast. Let's hope he's not like Ray Lewis. Jesus Christ. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. LT, yeah, too. That too. I mean, he was. A <laughs> I can deal with the Coke, you know? You just, know, hey, Coke helped him. <laughs> that's for sure. It. But it's just that influence that he has that just takes guys to another level is just worth its weight in gold. Even in a game, if let's say he's being double, triple teamed, whatever it is, and he's not making plays on the field, he's still staying engaged. And that's so important. And his presence is always felt, you know, like yeah. you always have to know where Chase Young is because right. at any point he could change the game himself. And, you know, that's why you draft him second overall, I guess. Damn right. I don't think that we anticipated the extra things that he would bring to the team as well. It's just fucking great to have him on the team. It is. It's nice to have, even if the team is not being successful with their record, wins and losses, To have cornerstones of a franchise is such a good feeling. To have a guy like we talked about before this, we even did this podcast, Matt, about just having an all-pro. Yeah. Just having a guy that just is on the front of a magazine. (laughs) Right. You know, is just so nice to have. It's those experiences. And usually when you have all-pros, it comes with wins. And other players want to come to those places because there's exposure there especially a positive guy like him. So this team has been, I wouldn't say on his back, but they have definitely bought in. And another guy, my last positive, Rivera. Yeah. This situation, and there hasn't been a guy that we have been harder on all year about bonehead calls, bonehead plays. Absolutely player, not. <laughs> trans, player situations, but man. Him and his coaching staff and the shit that he went through to get this team to where they are is above and beyond what anybody thought. I probably in his I don't maybe not in his own mind. I don't think in his own mind. We said he was delusional. Well he was. I mean, here's the reality of his delusion. So he thought they had a chance. They got in. He's really made that what he says a culture change. 
And um, I think they're here to stay, man. I think they get some pieces, not getting ahead of myself, but I think if they get some pieces and start moving forward, this is a start of something here. I really believe that. Well, and they keep drafting well, um, which, you know, I don't see any end in sight. Kyle Smith hopefully sticks around. Um, Look, we actually fought about this when I brought up the chemo brain thing. I'm telling you, he's been much more like the Ron Rivera that, that we've seen in Carolina. You know, he was a fucking mess before. And I'm telling you, there was so much erratic behavior before. And now I think I think he still makes some bonehead decisions. And I don't think he's not an analytics guy and and, and all that, which in some cases is a good thing. Not like Peterson, who is balls to the wall with that shit. No, but I think that he is who we thought he was. And I think earlier in the season, he was not who we thought he was going to be. And I think that the team has rallied around it. It's not just that he had cancer. I think that he's really built this culture and built this foundation to move forward in the years to come. And I think it just came earlier than he thought it was because, again, I know that they were tanking before. They were. I don't know about chemo brain, but I think the fog and all the distractions have cleared. The fog has cleared to a certain extent, and now everybody has a focal point. Win football games. The Haskins, the harassment, the this, the that, all this stuff. There is a focal point now, and there's rallying cries that this team can get behind. There's no excuses anymore. My cancer's gone. Your leg's fine. Uh. Haskins is gone. Yeah, (laughs) Haskins is gone. The harassment stuff is their business. The name is long gone. Now there's a focal point here. Let's get on track. There's no more excuses. We're a unit here. We've made it through all this shit. If you can, and, and I've said before, if you can't rally behind all these things, then what the hell can you? And now they're going into freaking the Bucks game. They're going against a stationary quarterback. They don't have to deal with that running shit. And I think they're coming in guns blazing, man. And obviously we'll talk about that in a different show. But hell, I'm not delusional, but five and two in the last seven games is five and two in the last seven games, damn it. Yeah. Regardless of how you how you cut it, defense, offense, whatever the hell it is, luck idiot other coaches, whatever it is. This team fought to get here, and I'm proud of them. And I'm proud to be I'm proud to be a football team fan. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode, then. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you on Friday.